Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. This episode of the Career Contessa podcast is brought to you by the House of Chanel. Chanel introduces a new generation of sustainably developed skincare infused with a high concentration of ingredients and derived from the uniquely revitalizing winter-blooming red camellia flower. Packaged with lightweight glass, organic ink, and other bio-based materials, Numero 1 de Chanel forges an unprecedented path of skincare innovation. Numero 1 de Chanel, beauty ahead of time. To learn more about the line, visit chanel.com. Welcome to the Career Contessa podcast, the show that delivers helpful, actionable career tips and advice so that you can be more fulfilled, healthy, and successful at work. My name is Aliyah Kamalova, and today we're bringing you another installation in our How to Become series. You've probably heard creative director as a job title, but do you know what the job actually entails? On today's episode, we're interviewing three creative directors, two in-house and one freelance, about how to become a creative director, the most critical skills to thrive in this role, and how much creative directors actually make per year or day, and so much more. And now, this is the Career Contessa podcast. exactly is a creative director. The truth is, the role could mean a lot of different things. Katie Snyder, VP of Creative and Web Cloud Marketing at Salesforce, defined it like this. The heart of the job, I think a creative director is guiding creative functions to deliver great work, whether that's campaign assets, brand work, uh, all to align towards a business or strategic need. You're setting the vision for creative teams. You're in a lot of ways playing translator for creatives to business owners to help build a common language between the two of them and bringing together lots of things, ideas, people, insights, and clear and easy to understand concepts. But it's a lot of fun, mostly. (laughs) Greta Mantooth, creative director of design at Indeed, defined it as a leader that is responsible for how their company's brand shows up in the world. So at Indeed, the stories we tell and the way we tell them. My focus as 
CD is on design. So I oversee brand guidelines, design details such as color, typography, photography, all that good stuff. And then I manage a team of creative people working on all of those creative projects. And our third expert, Kristen Steele-Lewis, a freelance creative director, defined the role like this. So within the advertising and brand world, what it means to be a creative director is that you're essentially lead creative department. You're leading the creative projects and you're managing either the client that you're doing the projects for, or you're managing the process internally at that brand to make sure that people that need to sign off on the project are all signed off on it. And you're also mentoring the creative people that are actually doing the work on the project, whether that's an art director, a copywriter, producers, post-production, if it's a film project and things like that. A typical day in the life of a creative director can vary. There are three common work environments for a creative director. They are working in-house at a brand, working at an advertising agency where you service various clients, or working for yourself as a freelancer. Katie and Greta, who work on an in-house creative team, describe their typical days like this. My day does not look the same. Um, What is the same is I'm in meetings all day long, but the intention of those meetings uh, differs day to day, which I love. I get to support multiple business units from a creative perspective. And so that means I get to think about different strategic intentions and ways we're solving problems. And I'm typically working with my creative and web teams to kick off projects, on a creative vision based on a creative brief, checking in on progress of work, giving input throughout as like kind of milestone checkpoints, uh, working with business partners to understand their goals, see opportunities for creative and web innovation through their business strategy to give an opportunity for my team to pitch great work. You know, the differences are when we talk about creative direction, they're creative directors in-house and agencies and kind of everything in between. Uh, What I love about being a part of an in-house creative team that you don't always get the opportunity to do at an agency is that we don't have to wait for projects to be submitted to us. We submit our own ideas. We get to be immersed through the strategy of the business. And then we get an opportunity to pitch work that can propel that business forward in clear, fun, and engaging ways. Uh, And I think that's a really unique uh, component to working in-house. As a CD at Indeed, my day-to-day is pretty home oriented at the moment, which has everything to do with the pandemic. I used to go into an office here in Austin, Texas. I've been working remotely on a temporary basis for a little over two years. And I keep a pretty tight schedule from around nine to five. I'm a parent of tiny humans and I do my best to work around my childcare schedule. We have some help from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. And so those are the windows when I try to work. When things get super busy, like if we're getting ready to go into a production or ship some work that's pretty significant, I will jump online after bedtime or on the weekends. But in my current role, especially in-house, that tends to be rare. So day-to-day gig, if I could summarize it, I sweat all the details about design and the visual personality of our brand and how all the choices we make around those things support our values and express indeed out in the world. So that could be figuring out the look and feel of a TV spot, managing an email campaign so it feels really consistent with our brand guidelines, coming up with or reviewing ideas for campaigns that we do in social media, thinking about how we show up for events, all of those things. And I manage an international team of creative people who support me in doing that work. 
So that's mostly designers, but it also includes art directors, writers, and then a couple of specialists, such as a motion designer, videographer, people like that. Kristen spoke about her experience working at an agency, working in-house, and now as a freelance creative director. What it looks like to be an advertising creative director at an agency, your job is basically to make sure that every project that you're on is going smoothly. So you would be responsible for a lot of different projects for potentially more than one brand, depending on the size of the agency. Your job would be to come in, work with the teams that are doing the projects, and make sure that they're on track, review where they are in their process and guide them. You'd probably do a lot of meetings where you're working on resourcing, so trying to figure out who you're gonna hire for potential projects, and you're also managing the client. So whoever has hired you to do their projects, you'd probably be meeting them on a pretty frequent basis. Um, so probably a lot of meetings. Big reason why a lot of people kind of go from an ad agency to go in-house is it's probably a cushier paycheck um, depending on where you go and it's going to be a more manageable schedule. If you're working in-house at a big brand, you're still responsible for managing the creative process from a creative point of view, but you're also responsible for managing everyone's expectation within that company. The bigger the company, the more that's a part of your job. The third option, which is what I'm doing currently and have done for a number of years, which is being a freelance creative director. You are hired as a freelance creative director. Usually you can be hired by the day or you can be hired for a project fee. It makes more sense financially to you as a creative director to be hired for a day. So they'll give you a day rate and you don't have to be necessarily working that entire day, but you are available for that client that day. You could do a project that lasts for a week or a project that lasts for three months or a project that lasts for a year, at which point, you know, I don't know that you're a freelancer anymore if you're working somewhere for over six months and three months, to be honest, but you're kind of an employee there that's just not getting benefits at that point. Um, but a lot of people work in spurts and then they take time off. A lot of uh, freelance creative directors have either other responsibilities or they have other uh, interests that probably are not as lucrative as being a creative director. So, you know, I have a lot of friends that are creative directors that are artists or filmmakers or other things that sadly just aren't compensated very well in our culture. So they uh, will work for a bit and then take time off to do those other things and then come back and do it. It's a really great option if you're someone who likes flexibility and like things to be different, you know, like day to day. True to the role, the training and education requirements to become a creative director can vary greatly. Our creative directors shared the education background that prepared them for their current role. There isn't a path or track for a creative director, just like that's the goal and you start immediately there, right? It's like very much building block componentry to get there. Um, so I went to University of Missouri initially to study journalism and then just realized kind of from the jump that writing wasn't my passion, but being creative still was. And so I flipped to, I have a degree in graphic design and a degree in marketing communication. And I think that's really prepped me well to be a creative director because that Marcom's degree helps with the partner strategy, communication, understanding the business and bringing ideas together. The graphic design component is like the craft function of the role. And that really was kind of my entry point into creative direction. I love to talk about the educational background I have because 
I definitely remember being an artistic kid and saying to my parents, you know, a lawyer and a psychologist, and that I wanted to focus on art and go to art school. And they were just kind of like, okay, don't know what that looks like, but let's make it happen. I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts actually focused on illustration and also a Master of Fine Arts focused on advertising design from Savannah College of Art and Design. Um, I'd say it definitely helps to have some sort of formal creative education, but that can look like a lot of different things. There are outstanding portfolio programs that don't necessarily result in a degree, but in the advertising industry are designed to equip you with all the skills you need to learn how to think conceptually as a creative and develop a portfolio. And there are also a whole world of online classes that can help you start to learn at home and develop some of the skills you need to have on the job. So those could be things like Skillshare or master classes. I don't want to say that it's an absolute requirement that you have the educational degree because there's lots of different ways that you can start to gain that creative experience. When we were starting out in the advertising world, the kind of common thing that would be done would be you'd go get your degree from you know a university, like in my case, UCLA. I was an English major and I knew that I wanted to write, but I didn't want to be a starving writer. So at the time I was like, I'll go into advertising because I know that there's a need there and a way that I can apply my skills as a writer. So you would basically get a university degree and then you would go to, I think people still do this, <laughs> but it was very common to go to a portfolio school. So you'd go to a two-year program post your university to get your portfolio together. And there was a few schools at the time. They were basically in Atlanta. There were a couple of schools and there was one in Miami. I know there's more schools now. There's some in Boulder, but it's basically a concentrated program for two years that helps you get your advertising portfolio together, which sounds like a very long time to get a portfolio together. It's not really about the portfolio. It's about learning how to make ads, which again, a lot of people think that they can do that. It's so easy because there's a lot of crap advertising on TV and a lot of crap advertising out there. But what it teaches you to do is to solve problems. So you generally go to one of those schools for a year or two years, get your portfolio together. You'd go to an ad agency and you'd get hired and you'd get hired either. It was like very bifurcated track. It was like there were art directors and copywriters. And you would choose a lane. I mean, most people know if you're an art director, you probably would have gone to an art school and you would have gone to, you know, had an art degree. Most copywriters are also, I shouldn't generalize, but most copywriters are English majors or at least humanities majors and then decide that they want to be a copywriter. So how does one begin their career in creative directing? I asked our experts the typical career growth from entry level to senior level for this career path. I'm going to start by talking a little bit about entry level jobs in the creative world. They can look like a lot of different things, but typically for creatives who are on the path to being a creative director one day in advertising, you start out as a junior creative. That could be a copywriter or art director. In my case, I was a junior designer. I designed an awful lot of point of sale posters and sandwich wrappers for fast food restaurants and things of that nature. And I started out working in ad agencies, which is a very typical career path for somebody who wants to grow into being an advertising CD. Um, there are different types of workplaces where you can gain this type of experience. You can start out in an in-house creative environment, which is where I am now, or you can do the startup thing where you might have a little bit less traditional training, but you get to wear a lot of hats and try different things. 
So definitely a lot of approaches. For me, I worked my way up in the agency world. I did the the dues paying slog. I remember having a professor say, it's likely that as you try to gain more experience and earn more money, that you will have different jobs in different cities, maybe five different jobs in your first five years. And it's likely that you will be laid off at some point because that's what happens in the agency world. And all of those things proved to be true for me. I worked in New York and then Boulder, Colorado, a short stint in Austin before following a job and an opportunity to LA. And now I'm back here in Austin. And I definitely got fired along the way when clients left an agency that can just be power for the course in what is a very competitive field and has a lot to do with client relationships. But kind of like everything that ended up being a cool opportunity because it led me to freelance and develop more connections and kind of flex my abilities in a new direction. You would have started out as, in my case, a copywriter. After you've proven your merits, you would have been promoted to a senior copywriter. Then you start, after doing that for several years, then you would start, the next kind of step would be going into creative director roles. And there's a role called associate creative director that you would, you know, you're kind of like a junior creative director. And then you would have become a creative director. That was kind of the track back then. To be a freelance creative director in what I do, it you have to have a lot of experience doing the actual work, being a writer, being a senior writer, being a creative director at an agency, being a creative director at a brand. You need to have those things if you really want to do well as a freelance creative director. You can't just be like, hey, I'm a writer, but I'm also a freelance creative director. You aren't that thing unless you've done that thing for a number of years. You know, it's a it's not just one skill set to be a creative director. It's being able to kind of have a Swiss Army knife of skills that, especially in a freelance situation, you don't know what they're going to ask you to do. I think if you were thinking of becoming a freelance creative director, really what you need to do is get that experience under your belt and have done the actual work within an organization that's going to give you the opportunity to learn from other creative directors by being with them and underneath them. So right, like kind of through school and right out of school, I contracted with Live Nation and their in-house creative agency for a couple of years. And then I heard from a startup in Indianapolis uh, called Exact Target, and they were really looking for a designer on the brand side. The department was kind of Marcoms and brand work. And that's where I started kind of my entry point. And then I had the good fortune that we were acquired by Salesforce uh, several years after I had started. Uh, And at the time I was managing the brand design team for Exact Target, but they had asked me to come in. And at the time I was an art director and lead, be the creative lead for Marketing Cloud. Marketing Cloud is now kind of the tenant of our exact target product. So I have an interesting path that I didn't have to apply for my job. It was asked of me based on a transition of an acquisition. And so that was a really unique place to be in, to be serving as an art director by trade asked to kind of start to scope into a creative lead function, which a lot of people would say, like, as you take on creative leadership, that is the path to creative direction. So I started doing that in an earlier phase than people might typically do so in their career. For creative direction, most traditional route is that people will start by a craft expertise, whether that's art or copy function. Creative direction also shows up in places like film and events and web experience and some other like subsets of creativity. And so I would say any place that someone is interested in developing a craft expertise, 
there's likely that elevation to creative direction within that tenant and skill set. And then I think it can go up, you know, as far as to um, even beyond creative director, the next phases is executive creative director, which can lead into like VP of creative or SVP or EVP of creative or head of creative. There's lots of different kind of vernacular titling that happens just dependent on industry, market, business size, et cetera. There are a lot of perks to being a creative director. Here are some of the best parts of the job. My favorite part of the job has to just be working with really smart, creative people. Uh, I think my favorite part is just, I love how creatives think. They tackle problems from different angles. They approach it in different ways. They provide relevant, but different solutions. Um, It is a delight and a joy. I'm surprised every day by some of the different solutions or solves that they have for developing work or solving a business problem. Um, So that's my favorite. I love being a small part of developing the best versions of those creatives and uh, working to make them, you know, the best, the best that they can be. I love talking about what I love about my job because I just feel lucky to work in a creative field. It is at the end of the day, a very cool job. I'm a storyteller. I deeply believe in the power of storytelling to help us process things, to inspire us, to dream big dreams for our lives. And at Indeed, I get to help people get jobs by telling stories about the world of work. And that's just an amazing opportunity. I think very deeply about things like photography and color and art in the context of my work. And somebody pays me to do that. And that still feels like a very pinch me thing for me as a professional, even this deep in my career. Kristen spoke about the benefits of specifically being a freelance creative director. My favorite parts are probably the flexibility that you're deciding when and how you want to work. I mean, who doesn't want that? What woman doesn't want that? Um, And what woman doesn't want that as she's kind of going through the different stages of her journey? If she's someone that wants to have kids, having flexibility in your career or moving towards trying to have a career that you would have flexibility at that time in your career, of your life is kind of invaluable. There's, you can't really put words to how important that is, is to be able to, you don't know what kind of situation you're going to have with your kids. You know, you don't know what your kids are going to need, what they're going to ask of you as a parent, what balance will feel right to you at that time. You may be like, I'm ready to go back full time. You may be someone who's like, I'm not ready. I just want to do a little bit of work. Uh, a little bit at a time until I get, you know, until things feel more settled and you have that flexibility when you're a creative director. So flexibility is one of my favorite things, ability to meet people, uh, solving problems. I know that sounds really like lame, but you know, it's pretty fun to go in and solve a problem in a creative way for a brand that's having a business problem. Of course, there are always some downsides to a role. I asked our experts what kind of challenges creative directors may face. What I think can be hard for folks, dependent on where you're working and what function, there are going to be the like operational parts of the job that feel like counterintuitive to how a creative works. Like there's still budgets you manage, you're managing, you know, development of the persons on your team. And that means some admin or paperwork that associates with that to make sure that they are developing and tracking to be the best versions of themselves. And all of that's fulfilling, but like the admin component, the analytical component can be like uh, not the core strength of someone that might be developing up in a creative direction function. So that can be de-energizing at times, um, but it's well balanced with the fun stuff, which is why you get into the job. You know, there are times where you can be 
especially since the pandemic, where it can be kind of lonely. But I think that is kind of applies across the board for a lot of people right now is can be lonely sitting in your house by yourself, which that was kind of the case more before the pandemic. If you're a freelancer, you know, you kind of pop in and out of places, you meet people and then you kind of leave. (laughs) So that can be hard sometimes. And this is obvious, but there are times when a regular paycheck and the stability of that can feel like a priority and you don't always have that. I mean, there is a little bit of always be hustling attitude when you're a freelance creative director, you have to kind of make your opportunities happen for you. And if that's not your personality, then it's not going to work for you. And it doesn't mean being like pushy or someone who's like in, in everyone's face all the time. It just, it just means that you have to have the ability to say to yourself, look, it's not embarrassing for me to go and ask this person check in with this person and see if they need any help. You can't kind of expect people to come to you all the time. You have to kind of make it happen for yourself because there's a lot of people out there working and there's a lot of freelancers that you're kind of competing with. You have to hustle a little bit and just make sure you're keeping, um, keeping up with people that you want to work with. Creative success can be a hard thing to measure. However, when you're leading a team or working for clients as a creative director, it's important to have some sort of metric of success. So what does that look like? Creative success can be a really hard thing to measure because it's not easily quantifiable. I'd love to say I was told there'd be no math, but sometimes there really is a lot of math because at the end of the day, any creative project has to support our business goals. And I think that's the best way to think about what is successful. We want to make creative work that not only builds our brand and helps kind of improve the way people understand and think about Indeed around the globe, but ultimately we have business goals to hit. We support marketers. They are in-house clients who need to achieve different growth metrics in terms of unaided consideration. That's how frequently people think of Indeed when unprompted. We also want to drive a certain number of people and a certain amount of traffic to our websites and our products. And so when we are engaged in in projects that are helping hit those numbers, that's definitely a clear cut showing of success. But also within the advertising creative industry, there are a lot of pretty dynamic awards, competitions, and programs. We like to celebrate really compelling creative work and be inspired by that. So that's another way to kind of chart how creative or successful you are in your career. I usually try to have like a punch list of things day, like at a day-to-day level. Each day I come in and say, these are the things that I need to accomplish to make sure that my people are fulfilled and happy, make sure the projects move in the right direction. So I like to focus day-to-day on that list because then it helps you. I'm very task-oriented. And so when you're a designer or an individual contributor, you have your task list and it's easy to check, check, check. And when you get into leading broader teams, sometimes you'll finish the day and you'll be like, what did I, what did I do today? <laughs> what, what did I accomplish? And so I like to give myself kind of a self-proclaimed list at the beginning of each day to make sure I fulfilled in my goals for the day. At a macro level, I feel successful if I have strong, trusted partnerships with folks that are collaborating uh, on my team or that we work with, like our stakeholders and partners. Uh, I feel success if my team's fulfilled, if they're happy and healthy and working on meaningful projects, Um, if we're pushing the bounds of where the brand can go in innovative ways, but staying true to the representation of our brands. Those are all kind of measures for success for me at a macro level. Tactically, always mapping back to that creative brief. What are the metrics for the brief? 
brief, what were those KPIs for the campaign? Did we meet those qualifiers and measuring that to optimize the work we do day to day? So in advertising, there's this kind of double-edged sword around awards, which always makes me laugh because I think anyone outside the advertising industry has never heard of any of these advertising awards and couldn't care less. And you would not know that if you're in the advertising industry, some people treat it like it's the most important thing in the world to get these awards. But, you know, there are creative awards for interesting or innovative storytelling or advertising campaigns. There are okay awards and there are like very, very good awards. There's Can Lions, there's DNAD, there's The One Show. There's being featured in communication arts. There's a bunch of awards and they, there are some that are great and there's some that are like, don't really mean anything. But if you're consistently being awarded, it's, that's kind of your calling card. And that's why people would be hiring you, especially as a freelancer. You have to, they have to know, you know, at a quick glance, looking at your website that you know what you're doing. That's why people will call you. And if, People call you and you're busy and you're turning down work, then you're successful. Again, this is just as a freelance creative director. Let's talk about skills. What kind of skills are crucial to have as a creative director? The basic requirement is you're going to need to know your way around a computer. That's pretty obvious. You're going to need, you know, if you're a writer, that's easier. But, you know, if you're an art director, you'd have to know Figma. You'd have to know Illustrator, Photoshop, things like that, that are important for your role. So as a creative director, you would need to have at least an understanding of those things. And I would say, if you're a creative director like myself that works in film projects, you would need to know you know, a bit about Premiere editing software. You can't just not know the tools that your team is using. You have to be able to work within them, collaborate using those tools. I think the skills that you would need for this job would be, you need to have a point of view is the first thing. Like if you're a mushy, wishy-washy person about, I don't know if I like it, maybe I like it, maybe I don't, this is not the job for you. You need to know and be decisive because if you're second guessing your own instincts from a creative point of view, it just makes everything else about this job way more impossible. So the first thing is having confidence in your opinions, your taste, your your knowledge that you know you know what makes something good to you. You know what makes something kind of sing and be special. That you know those things that's just kind of inherent to your personality. That's kind of a no-brainer. That's just you have to have that. The reason you have to have that is because you have to be able to defend those choices and that guidance to your team. They might not agree with what you're saying and you need to be able to bring them along with you, help them see why it is that you're kind of you know, pushing the work that they're doing in a certain direction. So hands-on skills for a designer are pretty classic in the world of graphic design. So those are things like a deep knowledge of color theory, typography, design principles, and how to apply those things in the service of creative problem solving or addressing a brief. Now that comes with a whole pile of technical skills When I was coming out of school, I think the thing to know most of all, which is still very relevant, is the Adobe Creative Suite of programs. But now I think it includes things like Miro, Figma, Sketch. Always growing your technological know-how is definitely essential. As you get into the creative director role, beyond being a hands-on maker, you're overseeing the work a lot more than you are hands-on pushing pixels. But you still need to understand those programs well enough to guide work that's being done in that space and understand the limitations. But I think the most important thing is you have to be a conceptual thinker. So 
I don't know if this is really a soft skill because concepts really are the output for you as the creative director, but you have to hone your ability to creatively problem solve. Added to this, communication is a huge piece of the puzzle. And I think it's one of the things that sets apart an individual contributor. So somebody who's just doing the hands-on making and the artistry from somebody who grows into that role as a director and a leader. Communication in the context of creative work means presenting your work, using relatable language to talk about creative ideas, both in writing and in presentation, being able to convince people who aren't creative thinkers why an idea feels right for a project, and then giving constructive feedback. And that's definitely something you have to hone over the years. And then I think the last thing, which I would argue is important for every leadership role, but especially creative ones, is your ability to lead with empathy. Creative people are typically really sensitive humans. And I feel comfortable saying that because I am one of them for sure. And when you manage a group of people like that, you need to be tapped into that and and really lead from an empathetic point of view. It's very vulnerable to put ideas out there and share things that might not work out and, and be willing to take creative risks and fail. And I think leading from that place of vulnerability is, is the only way to support a team like that. I think resiliency, you know, you are, you are dealing with a lot of data points. You are dealing with a lot of people, typically a lot of ideas. And so being resilient through all of that, I think that also kind of ties into kind of dealing with ambiguity or like a lot of disparate thoughts and ideas and helping to synthesize those into clear and meaningful ways. Having a strong craft acumen while at a creative direction level, you're maybe not doing as much of the work yourself. You are giving guidance to the work. You are approving work. You're setting the vision for the work. So staying attuned to what is happening with craft in our industry and market, but then also really understanding how can we move the needle on craft is really strong still in a creative direction perspective. Um, A thing I hear a lot that makes creative directors successful also is decisiveness. Teams can get paralysis if a creative director kind of cannot forge a path forward clearly, effectively, and with clear action items. And so I see that as really a big piece of being a strong creative director. So we now know what education, training, and skills are needed for the role of creative director. Plus, we know what kinds of highs and lows to expect, as well as how to measure success. But how much are we making as a creative director? Here's what creative director salaries look like. Keep in mind, these figures range depending on where you live, your company, and your experience level. So the, the way that people get paid in this role differs between these three types of, of roles. So if you're in-house at a big brand, sometimes that's called the golden handcuffs because you generally will make more money. So a creative director, depends how big the brand is, depends how, how, how deep the pockets are of the brand, obviously. Within a big brand with deep pockets, if you're an in-house creative director, I think the the compensation would probably be a combination of salary and stock if it's a tech company or a startup. I think the range is probably between $150,000 and $500,000 for creative directors because there's different levels. You have a associate creative director level, generally a, a creative director level, and then a group creative director or an executive creative director. Obviously, the salary increases and the stock options would increase as you get more and more senior. So an ad agency, you'd have that associate creative director band, a creative director band, and then a group creative director or an executive creative director. And I think, again, if you're at the creative director level or above, you're looking at between, you know, 275 upwards to 450 a year. And then 
potentially other you know benefits that go with that. So as a freelance creative director, you would get paid generally by a day rate. So if you're starting out, and let's say you've been a copywriter for five years, seven years, and you're making the leap to becoming a freelancer, a freelance writer, and a creative director, I think you can expect probably around $1,000 a day. At my level, with a lot of experience, you're looking at between $1,500 to $2,000 a day. Sometimes you'll get offered project fees, so like a flat fee to work on something for a certain amount of, you know, if they don't want to parse it out today's, that can be good or bad depending on the math, but that's kind of what you're looking at. I'm so excited to talk about salary because this is one of the areas where women especially do not have conversations and don't know what to do. Something I learned recently through our research that Indeed is only like 7% of women actually negotiate their salary when they are trying to accept a job offer and something like 57% of men do. So there's like a 50% gap between men and women who are trying to negotiate salary and that's just insane. I remember negotiating my very first ever full-time job offer when I was accepting a role as a junior designer. I was offered 35K as a starting salary, which was pretty standard for a starting role at the time, even in New York. And I plucked up the courage to ask for an additional $3,000. I remember my palms sweating. I blushed when I was having this conversation. And the hiring manager could hardly conceal the amusement on her face because what I didn't know as a young creative was that $3,000 was nothing in the context of this big New York company. For me, it was everything. And it wasn't as much about the money as much about the fact that I felt brave enough to actually ask for more and, and put myself out there. And then I negotiated every job offer I've had since to mixed degrees of success. But I was able to make negotiating and asking for what I need and want part of my personal practice. And for anyone who's embarking on a creative career, especially women, that needs to be part of the process for you because it's not standard as much as it is driven by your ability to fight for what you want. At Indeed, the base salary for a creative director ranges from 173 to 243K. For me, I came to the in-house role from an agency which tends to pay more. Advertising agencies tend to have higher base salaries. And so I actually took a pretty significant pay cut when I accepted my job in Indeed. But the way I was working in an agency was not sustainable for me and my family. I worked crazy hours. I worked nights and weekends. I was very stressed all the time. And to me, I couldn't continue to make that work. So to have more of a work-life balance a lifestyle at work that I could support for my family that still had creative opportunity and still had a really high ability to earn and a clear career path for growth, it was really a no-brainer. So even though I shifted to actually earn less money as my base comp when I started, it was a really easy decision for me to make. If you're interested in transitioning into a creative director role, you may want to bookmark this next part. I asked our creative directors what advice they would give to someone looking to transition into this career path. I would tell them to start where their interest or passion lies. Like what is that like grain or nugget of truth that makes them want to strive towards creative direction? Is that 
Uh, is that design? Is that copy? What is the piece that they feel like is their passion point? I would start there, understand the, the craft of whatever that subject matter expertise area is inside and out, build a career there, build a portfolio there. I guess I said build a career, but I don't know if you always have to, as long as you can show that you understand the work, you understand you know, design logic or copy logic, and you have examples of your ability to to show up there. I haven't always hired folks in traditional, like you need X amount of years of experience or you need a degree in X, right? I haven't always hired that way. If their creative book or their creative portfolio is just exceptional. You know, sometimes people come in through a non-traditional way. And so I think that people are more and more open to that as they look for top talent. I also would read a lot of great stuff. Like there's great books about building or starting an idea like, Hey, Whipple Squeeze This by Luke Sullivan or... Michael Beirut is another uh, person that I really admire their writing and their work in itself. I would also look at great ad agencies that just have done exceptional work over the years, like Shia Day. Um, there's tons of them out there. I would I would look there. The other facet that I think sometimes gets overlooked a little bit as we talk about excellence in creative direction is that it really is leadership style and you're in a leadership role. And so that is so important to um, think about your past creative directors and what skills or attributes were effective or ineffective. Where do you want to be as a leader? Develop your own leadership style, take leadership classes and read leadership books to help cultivate that craft for yourself. Because I think it's just equal measure craft as well as leadership when you get into creative direction. Some books I love from a leadership perspective is Multipliers, Dare to Lead is by Brene Brown. There's tons. Those are a couple that come to mind. One of the most important things I think for people starting out in a creative career to remember is that everything is an opportunity. There are no small projects. Whether you're being asked to work on a PowerPoint deck or help someone else on a project that maybe isn't your idea or even just sit in on a meeting, everything is an opportunity to learn and hone your craft. You need to be a sponge and come to everything with humility. That's something that even serves me as a creative director, because even though I've been working in the field for a really long time, I'm still learning on the job, constantly being exposed to new things, not only from the people above me, but from the team that I manage. And so I think having that humble attitude will serve you in every area. And then another thing I think is really important, especially for women, is to find mentors and build a community that you can learn from and grow within. It doesn't really have to be other women, but as a woman in a historically male-dominated field, like if you think about Mad Men, it's a really good example of what history was like in advertising. It helps to have women mentors that can show you what this life looks like. I had some great male mentors and bosses when I was starting out, but it took me like half the time I've spent working until I finally worked for women who were creatively compelling and dynamic and also mothers and demonstrated for me what that could look like, that's a totally different balancing act from men or even dads who are working as creative directors. And it was really helpful for me to see that and understand what that could start to look like for me. I think if you're thinking about making that leap from full-time to freelance, the most important thing to really think about is not whether that seems fun or that seems like a great life choice at the moment. It's ask yourself, do I have the skills needed to make this transition. But remember, once you're decided to go freelance, you're competing with all the other freelance creative directors that are out there. 
some of who are going to have way more experience than you have had, right? So I think the most important thing to do is look, take a hard look at where you are and how much experience you've had. In my opinion, and this is just my opinion, if you're really going to succeed and kind of sail on your off of the benefits of your experience, you need to know that you are kind of, you've hit that place in your career where you're so good at the thing that you're doing, whether you're a senior writer, a senior art director, a senior designer, that you feel that the next step for you is to be a freelancer. The thing is, being a freelance creative director, you can't really be a freelance creative director if you've never been a creative director. And so you have to work full-time as a creative director enough to get experience with other people. Because oftentimes as a freelance creative director, you have no idea what they're bringing you in for. You have to kind of morph into whatever role they need. If you're in a good situation in a full-time gig where you're getting the opportunity to manage good projects and you're working with you're you're working on mentoring and managing people, like stay with that long enough until you feel like you've gotten everything that you can out of it and then make that switch. Don't make it too early. That's my main piece of advice is do not make it too early because you'll get kind of stunted uh, on your growth. And where you really want to be when you make that transition to be a freelance creative director is you know that you have the confidence to be able to pivot to lots of different roles. Creative work can sometimes feel elusive. So where is the best place to find these creative jobs? Finding creative work is definitely tricky because I think it's not quite as simple as just Googling a nursing job in a specific city. There's not necessarily title parity in different companies. And so I think starting to understand different keywords that you might want to look for, whether you're searching on LinkedIn or Indeed or some more specialty creative sites such as Working Not Working, which is a really good one for creative career searching. A great way to start out is to start to review job descriptions when you do find a job that sounds like something you want to do. Understand the language that's being used in those job descriptions. See if there's experience you have that relates to that and tailor your resume so that you're talking about it and using the same language. That will help with all of the sort of algorithmic backend stuff that happens when you submit your resume for different jobs. I think the other key thing that's important that I want to mention is that you have to have a great portfolio that shows what you're capable of doing. When you are a creative director or on the path to becoming a creative leader, you are a maker and you need to have creative output that is much more important, I would say, than even your hands-on experience and your resume. That portfolio is a shorthand for who you are and the kind of creative thinking that you're going to bring to the job. So crafting that and making sure that it's up to date and working for you on a website that people can visit on their own and kind of learn about you is just critically important. The main ways that you're going to probably find jobs as a freelance creative director is there's going to be a recruiter that calls you. A lot of the big companies, uh, and my specifically talking about tech companies, have in-house recruiters that um, they kind of keep a stable of freelance writers, directors, creative directors. And so they'll reach out when they need you. So, you know, you would probably just be checking in with them. I think this job is relies heavily on networking. So checking in and following what people are doing on LinkedIn and seeing where they are, if they've moved jobs, just kind of following them and checking in with them and seeing what they're doing. If you time making this transition to being a freelance creative director at the right time in your career, you would have known a lot of different people through a lot of different jobs that you've had. And so you inherently will have this kind of network of people that will reach out to you when they need 
when they need someone that does what you do. And so it is kind of this organic pool of people that will probably get in contact with you or you could contact them. And again, that's a reason not to make this transition too early in your career because you need to have that kind of pool of people that know what you're good at and will contact you. That being said, there are also great sites. There's a there's a site called Working Not Working, which is run by a couple of guys that I used to work with in an advertising agency way back when. But that is a great resource for finding freelance jobs as a creative director. Titling can sometimes be funny with creative jobs too. So I found that to be kind of tricky for folks. I mean, the obvious places like Indeed or Glassdoor can have like places that have great creative ecosystems or environment. LinkedIn, of course, too. Um, I know everyone says this and it's an annoying one because it can be hard to know where to start, but networking and creative, um, the creative ecosystem is not massive. And so start from folks that you know, whether it's um, creatives in your community or, you know, where you went to school and start to do some networking around um, what they've done. Try to do coffee chats, try to just get to know people. And that I've always found kind of leads to another conversation, another conversation. And then that developing that reference network to find opportunities. Um, there are also fun uh, Instagram accounts for design roles or creative roles. I'm blanking on some of the handles now, but they'll have like just at, they'll bring together, consolidate great creative job postings and they show up on your feed or in stories from major brands. And that's been a fun way that I've seen. Oh, it looks like this X brand is looking for, you know, a motion designer or whatever the thing is. And so that's kind of fun to look in that way, too. And I feel like that's kind of a new entry point that hasn't been done in the past is, is on social media. All right. Say you found the perfect job, polished up your portfolio and have made it to the interview portion. Here's what you can expect and what you should look out for when interviewing for the role. The thing that's challenging when you're interviewing for a job as a creative director in-house or at an agency is they're going to want to know that you have experience mentoring and managing people, which you might not have. So I think what you would need to show there is just a an awareness that, that that's part of the job and, and to really highlight the areas in which you've been collaborative with other team members outside of your own discipline that you can communicate effectively with uh, team members that may not be speaking the same creative language that you, that you speak. So when you're going for a role as a creative director, as a freelance creative director, basically they want to see your website. So on your website, yes, you show your work, but it's really important also, I think, and this might be because I'm a writer and it comes more naturally to me, but to try to position yourself at, you know, not being a generalist to a fault, meaning you don't want to be jack of all trades, master of none. You kind of want to have something that you do or that you're kind of known for that will help someone who's hiring understand what skills they're going to be getting from you or what kind of how you're going to make their life easier. So for example, I'll speak to my own experience. You know, I have a lot of experience at making things that are really complicated, you know, like AI and things like that into something that people can understand and relate to and connect to, you know, through kind of human storytelling. So if you talk about things like that, that that kind of become your calling card on your website, then people can kind of understand what you're about on a more specific level that speaks to your creativity. And they're going to hire you for those kind of jobs that they need that for. 
which will be good for them, but also it's good for you because you're you're being able to tap into your skill set. So I think having a, a really good way of introducing yourself on your website and and sharing what you're good at and kind of what your kind of sweet spot is 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 really helpful. I think one thing I ask people, so now I'm kind of in a stage where I'm I'm hiring creative directors or associate creative directors for my team. One thing that I think about asking them is assessing the brands that they're interviewing for. Like have a point of view about the work that they that that group is making, what's working, what's not working, where are their areas for improvement. I also try to always uh, ask about their leadership style. How do they lead teams? How do they motivate teams? How do they keep the work fresh? How do they keep ideas cultivated, especially when, you know, there is maybe a misconception that creatives are creative all the time. They're not. (laughs) There are times that creatives have moments where they need a minute. And so like, how do creative directors inspire or evoke to get people right on the, like in that inspiration zone again? And when do they give them space? And what does that look like? I I find that's really telling for a leadership style for me when I ask questions like that. I also ask about like use case projects. So always have that project or that integrated campaign that you love, that you feel like touches on a lot of the, you know, your superpowers as a creative director have that reference point so you can tell it end to end because I think that's always impressive. People can articulate past projects, the works and the tenants of why it was successful, not just from a metrics perspective, but from like a craft and quality perspective too. When I embarked on the process of interviewing for my job at Indeed, I felt like I was interviewing Indeed just as much as they were interviewing me. And I think that's something that can be really easy to forget when you are interviewing for a job. I had been working at the time and really enjoyed a lot about my previous job, but it was so much work that I really couldn't sustain it as a mother to young kids. I was also working for an LA-based company when I was working in Austin, and I wanted to get more connected to my local creative community. So I made sure that I got to know the person who would become my boss personally as much as I could in that interview. I was looking for kind humans. And I was looking for creative opportunity, but also a creative community where I felt like I was going to be part of a group of people coming together, growing together, building this brand together. Um, It also really meant something to me that my creative director has a young son who is the same age as my oldest son. I wanted to work with other parents. I spent time in my career as a mother working with other parents and then working with childless people. And there is absolutely nothing wrong with not having kids, but it can feel very isolating to be the only parent on a team of creative people. The limits on your time and the demands on your personal schedule are just incomparable when you've got these tiny critters to take care of. And so that really helped me feel more encouraged about the human environment that I was stepping into. We're nearing the end of this episode. If you've loved all of this information on becoming a creative director and are just dying for more resources, you're in luck. I asked Kristen, Katie, and Greta if they have any resources they would recommend. To keep inspired, I think it's important to kind of go onto maybe mediums that that excite you. So for example, I love animation. I'm not an animator, but I love checking out cool animation. So I'll go on websites like Closer and Closer and that's a, a company that pulls together a lot of creative talent illustrators and motion designers and things like that. And it's almost like a portfolio. There's a site called It's Nice That that I really love that just going and kind of seeing what people are doing and getting inspired and getting excited about stuff and 
that's super important um, just to stay inspired. So that's not really about like finding the job inspiration, but I think that is just a key part of kind of staying inspired as you go through the journey of, of working. I think there's a couple of good online resources. There's a, a good class on, I haven't taken it, but I trust these guys on masterclass. I think there's a pretty good how to be a creative director class by Jeff Goodby and Rich Silverstein, who ran a very successful, they continue to run, I think, a very successful agency in San Francisco called Goodby Silverstein and Partners. There's a couple of good online resources. Working Not Working is a really good uh, hub for freelance talent, creative talent, including creative directors. And beyond just job opportunities, they have other resources. They have a really good magazine. It's called Working Not Working Magazine. That's actually really interesting and kind of digs into a lot of people's creative processes and they give advice on how they got to where they are. And uh, it's, I find it really useful and interesting. Uh, and they also actually do some kind of you know, online kind of groups sometimes or actually in, when they were able to, they would do real life meetups. So I think that's a great place and that could be a really good networking opportunity. Yeah. I mean, I think skill up or lynda.com are great. I mean, heck, even YouTube is great for just like the baseline. You want to teach yourself some skills. I feel like there's tons and tons out there. Um, even thinking like transferable skills, some of the masterclass stuff, there are great, just creative minds, maybe not creative directors, but people that are in creative functions that there's transferable skills that you could gleam. That would be really inspiring for thinking about being in creative direction. The thing that I think is important to remember when you are part of the creative working community is that it's a very, very small world. And so the people in your first job whom you think you may never see again could easily show up in another city, another country, another opportunity for you down the road. So really behaving with integrity in all situations and also maintaining that network of humans um, is going to serve you well throughout the entirety of your career. I've spent some time working really hard in different agencies with lots of other people who have come back into my professional life in lots of different unexpected ways. And it's just an amazing reminder that really this is another community of people who are working hard, trying to do great things together. And it can be there to support you and you can be there to support other people through that growing network. So there you have it. You now know what it takes to become a creative director. Thank you to our creative directors, Katie, Kristen, and Greta for taking the time to share their expertise with us. And let us know if you're liking these How to Become episodes. Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what role we should cover next.